The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation. And since we are actually recording on November 11th, 2020, it is Veterans Day. So I want to say a happy Veterans Day to all those that listen. We are talking about G.I. Joe. What better way to actually celebrate our heroes, the men and women that have served for this country? And one of those people is our very own Jared Ulbricht, a.k.a. Death Probe. Well, thank you, Pat. First of all, I can't believe you did that in one take, and I'm impressed. I, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> Well, no, that's very nice of you. Yeah, shout out to Weasel Skull Weasel. on our network and to, of course, Delvin the Dark Web Williams, uh, all veterans. So, yeah, for this episode, you can call me Captain Death Probe. Captain Death Probe. Okay. Or just Captain or the Captain or, mm-hmm. or Captain. Cat Probe. Can I call you Cat Probe? Cat Probe. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, at ease, DJ Cristados. And to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. This episode is, of course, sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. I know I am currently looking at this issue that we're going to cover. Out of my hardbound collection, I have every Devil's Do Run hardbound, mainly because I'm fancy. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I know you can't get enough of my fanciness, Pat. I cannot. It's if you, always yeah. a joy to be around. It is. It is. If you want to be fancy like me, go to omahabound.com today. As of this recording, they've put a pause on their hard binding because they have so much to do. Thanks to our, I like to think it's thanks to our advertising of their services. Yeah, because um, our fanciness, the LBC's fanciness. Yeah, like fancy plus fancy is like yeah. extra fancy. You're like two times the fancy. Two times the fancy. So they have a pause on that right now, but you guys should start getting just things you want hardbound collected up now because I think they're going to open that back up in October of 2021. But until then, please do check out omahabound.com. They have their pre-bound things. They have their specials of hard-to-find comics that they've bound. They'll probably be advertising some big projects they've got coming up that I've heard some wind of. So keep checking OmahaBound.com. We're so happy to be in league with them for our podcast. Mm-hmm. So be fancy like me. DJ Cristados. Yes, Captain Probe. <laughs> uh, we have to do a giveaway as you guys do. listen. Yeah, we do. As you guys who listen know, because of how these come out and the speed at which they come out, we're, we're generally two episodes behind. So yes, there is still the John Beatty autograph comic from last episode to give away. We'll give that away on the next episode. But the one before that, we did the hashtag GI Joe DVD nuts giveaway to win Mm -hmm. the GI Joe rise of Cobra DVD. Yes. And I am going to select our winner now, Pat. Okay. I'm ready. All right. You want to, you pull the randomizer? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dust that. Let me dust that off. Pull the randomizer. 
I, oh, I got to pull it. Okay. Huh? Pull that net. <laughs> and the winner is GLHG. Wah, 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 wah. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, GLHG. And, you know, that's the way we tease people into maybe listening all the way to the end of the show because we, we give things away sometimes. Next episode, we will give away the John Beatty autographed comic book. Correct. All right. Yeah. We've got all that out of the way. So now it is time because on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christopher and I are going to rotate in our special ops guest for the show. And for this episode, our special ops guest is. Delvin Cox, codename Old Eyes from the Delvin Cox Experience. Welcome to Fort Longbox, Delvin. Eddie's disease. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting for that. He's one. been sitting on that for 20 minutes. Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> Very much so. Oh, man, it's so great to get you on here. Our old Delvin got real stale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in a fresh Delvin. Yeah. Oh, well, welcome, man. Welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Yes, yeah, awesome to be here. Love oh, G.I. Yeah. Joe. Oh, that's what oh, we like to hear. Cool. That's what we like to hear. I listen to a G.I. Joe podcast every week that literally talks about the cartoon show. Oh, really? It's called Knowing is Half the Podcast. Oh, we did to reach out to those guys. I didn't know about that. I know a lot of Joe podcasts, but that one doesn't ring a bell. So thanks for giving us a lead. We'll reach out to those folks and see if they want to maybe be on our show. Catchy name. Great podcast. Knowing is Half the Podcast. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We've done, we've been on uh, Joe on Joe with Joe Slepsky, where he's been going through the GI Joe extreme uh, <laughs> episodes. And that was fun. So, so definitely. So you played with Joe's when you were a kid. DC? Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Love GI Joe. Okay. Okay. Well, GI Joe's and Transformers was my thing. Oh yes. Ooh. He's a Hasbro man, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, definitely. All right. Well, this is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruits. So we're going to talk to old eyes here. And first off, we'd like to know what your origin story is with G.I. Joe. How did you come to the property? Did you come through the toys, the cartoon? How, how did you get there? Definitely through the cartoon. I was a big fan of the cartoon and big fan of Transformers in general. Transformers and G.I. Joe was my thing. I remember being a kid and reading G.I. Joe comic books because they had the G.I. Joe Transformers crossovers and things like that. And watching G.I. Joe, I, I, if I remember correctly, there was a time where they would show G.I. Joe and Transformers like early, early in the morning. Like, they would show G.I. Joe first, then Transformers, and I would make it my point to wake up every morning to watch both of those shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The good old days of doing that, I, man. Yeah. Was that during the week? Was that, like, preschool? Yes. Not, not like preschool, but before school. <laughs> before school. If I remember correctly, let's see if I remember this line up correctly. 5.30 was He-Man, so I woke up at 5.30 to watch He-Man, then Transformers, then G.I. Joe. I think it was good. <laughs> By lunchtime at school, he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I wake up so early now. <laughs> it started a whole trend for you. I did the same thing when I was, it was for Robotech, man. I get up early to watch the Robotech right before school. Yeah, that was awesome. those days, man. Like, I loved waking up early and wanting to watch cartoons. Now, it kind of sucks that that's not a thing anymore. I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was telling my son about it. I was like, imagine a world where you had to wait until Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you had to, like, budget your time and figure mm-hmm. out which channels you were going to go to. Figure yeah. out what you're going to record and what you're not going to record on your VHS player. Yeah. That's right. That was 100% a thing at one point in time. Oh, yeah. I had some, I guess what you would call bootleg episodes I recorded for sure. 
I definitely did. I had I actually had G.I. Joe the movie on a VHS for years. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Yeah, you and me both, buddy. Now comes the hardest part of this recording for you, I would imagine. You have to let us know who your three favorite characters are, be they Joes or Cobras. Who are your top three characters from the G.I. Joe universe? Well, that's easy. Duke, Snake Eyes, Falcon. All right. I like the confidence. <laughs> he just rolled right into it. I, I had to like sit there and marinate on that for a minute. Dukes. Where does your Falcon come from? The movie. 100% the, from movie? the movie? Okay. Yes. Wasn't that Don, Don Johnson? Was, yes. Don Johnson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, excellent. Now, you know, well, you don't get enough Falcon love out there anymore. Yes. Yeah. They didn't do him too well in the Deke era. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah. They gave him a lot of Falcon problems. Yeah. (laughs) The the Deke doesn't give a lot of Falcon love. (laughs) (laughs) The heads over there at Deke. Those Deke heads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this devolved fast. Yes. I'll tell you what, save us, save us, Christados. I'll hand it back to you for our episode's intelligence report. All right, for this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe number 15 from Publisher Image. It's got a cover date of February 2003, but its on-sale date was March 12, 2003. Editor was Scott Wearley. Writer is Josh Blaylock. Penciler, Brandon Badeau. Inker, John Larder. Colorist, Hi-Fi Color Design. Letterer, Dreamer Designs. And cover art, Mike Norton and Udon. And speaking of the cover, Death Probe, or Captain Probe, please take us through the cover description. You got it. image eye is highlighted in white as it blends in with its background, and the cover price is still $2.95. The main action is a tattered photo of days gone by. It shows Mutt, Junkyard, Alpine, Bazooka, and Rock and Roll, all smiles after a victory over Cobra. The photo is laying on what is presumably a bar, scattered with bullets and a pull tab from a beer. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jared. So, guys, let's find out what we think of this cover, and we will start with our guest, Delvin Old Eyes Cax. All right, confession, I have never read any of this run. Oh. Because this was during the time where I stopped reading comics for a good period of time. Uh, and I didn't start back reading comics till my son was born, years later. But I looked at this cover, and the first thing came to my mind is, huh, this is interesting, because usually when you see covers like this, nine times out of ten, somebody's going to die. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> good point. Like, usually when you see covers of old photographs of Joe's, like, okay, yeah. One of them is going to get canned. <laughs> so I was very interested to read this book and intrigued to see what was going to happen. It's usually the happiest guy in the picture, too. So it's either Alpine or Bazooka, if we use that logic. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, Delvin isn't wrong here. There is something in that picture is no longer there. That is true. One person in this picture is no longer with us. So... Yes, as we learned last issue, Delvin, what he's alluding to is Junkyard, the dog pictured, has passed on and there is a new Junkyard. Ah, so, there okay. you have So, So the, the logic still holds that somebody yes. in this picture has died. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard them do that in a comic. Like they just kill off a dog and get another one. 
I mean, it was seven years. Yeah, it was off past. off panel. They didn't show it or anything. They just said, hey, it's been seven years. The old dog is passed. This is the new dog. Yeah, I would hope they wouldn't be like, hey, let's just move his dog away on the first panel. <laughs> I mean, the last issue, anybody ever read a G.I. Joe? Yeah. Junkyard, no! <laughs> Jared, what's your thoughts on the cover? You know, I like it. I like the cover. It definitely reminds me of 80s Joe covers. You know, they would occasionally go to this kind of, I'll say trope. Trope has a negative connotation, but you know what I mean. This sure. style. The only thing I find off-putting about it at all is is rock and roll looks way too lean. Like, yeah. he's the PT instructor and he's supposed to be, uh, you know, ripped and jacked. He looks just like maybe 180 pounds, 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yeah. he definitely needs to be in the, the beefiest guy in the photo, I would think, but Aside from that, Piccadillo, I do like it. You know, having, as you said, Pat, having having served in the military, been to some combat zones, it, it rings true, you know, how everybody's just kind of having as much fun as they can on the battlefield. You can tell they've taken some sort of Cobra Fort because you can see the flag falling in the background. That, that's what I find interesting. It's like, they're all smiles and all that. Yay! And then you got this tattered Cobra flag just <laughs> flying in the background. <laughs> that's why they're smiles, because they had a victory, I'm pretty sure, yeah. but. But yeah, no, I, I kind of like these old timey memories covers. And while it won't get a super high score for me because it's not like super memorable or super dynamic, I still like it. What about you, Pat? I like it because you do see them in their older uniforms. I thought it was, again, pretty fun with that Cobra flag just kind of flaying there, flying there in the background, all, all kind of tattered and all that. I just thought that was kind of funny to see. Like you said, they probably just got done with a great big battle with them, and they're all, hey, let's celebrate, woo, and it's just, it's interesting to me. I find that very cool. But other than that, I, you're right. I think just the wood of the grain of the bar that it's probably sitting on kind of tells somewhat of the story that's, mm-hmm. that we're going to see. So Nice little hint, yeah. yeah. With our thoughts on the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and rate this cover on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and... 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. Delvin. I'm going to say seven. Fair. I like it. I like it a lot. It tells a story, like I said, a a bygone era. And this is a weird thing to say maybe, but if you know Image, you know what I'm talking about. Image has a certain style with their comics and coloring that when you see it, you immediately know it's Image. Mm. And that kind of came off as soon as I saw this. I go, yeah, that's Image. I knew it off bat. Without seeing the the image logo or anything like that, it just rung to me that okay, this is the image comic because how it looks. I think you get the same thing kind of with DC and Marvel too. They have their own styles, whether it's coloring and setup. But image always stands out to me no. for some reason. Jared, I think I'm gonna probably be right there with old eyes DC over there. Seven is fine. I give it a little bit of a bump up from the middle of the roads of five, just because it has that fond memories feel to it. I'm going to land on a seven, and I'm going to do something that we don't normally do. We've only brought it up once or twice. But you know that dude, Beck, is doing the back covers? Yes. With his two turntables and his microphone. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't reference him a ton on the show, but this one's back cover is really sweet. Crimson Guardsmen with some flags and stuff. And I think it's wonderful. But we're focusing on the front cover, and I'm going to land on a seven. What do you think? Well, I am going to agree with you on the back cover. That is really a sweet-looking cover of the Crimson Guards there. And when I saw that, I know I'm going off, but when I saw the Crimson Guards on the back, it reminded me, like, man, was Cobra trying to kind of have, like, Crimson Guards from Star Wars as well, too? I always felt felt that same way. Huh, that's a good point. I never thought about that. 
Yeah. When and when I saw all that red, I'm like, oh, you know, because they look cool too. I was always like, yeah, I want to get a Crimson Guard because that guy looks cool. Yeah, they did always look cool. But going back to the cover, I'm kind of at a six, seven. So you know, Joe like November. you said, yeah, Joe November. <laughs> mm, I think you know, talking with you guys, I'll, I'll join you at the seven. Oh, all right. Uh, it's okay. that nostalgia feel for me. It's simple, but effective. And I think it really fits the story of it that we're going to see. With the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. Absolutely. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Cristados pull that randomizer once again to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Cristados, pull that lever. Okay, guys, stand back. Just uh, I'm gonna hold. <laughs> it is Cobra this time. Ooh, ooh back to Cobra. You know, before you go, I always imagined the lever to look like the lever from The Price Is Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to roll yeah. the thing, <laughs> the wheel, <laughs> the wheel. I'm standing off to the side, the circle, watching that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the circle. Don't knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Cobra's point of view. Cobra We've captured four Joes at our front, Old Clyde's Bar in Delhi Hills. Rock and Roll, Bazooka, Alpine, and Mutt. The Joes claim that their presence in Delhi Hills is just a coincidence, but the only way to really find out is good old-fashioned torture. We called in Big Boa, but all hell broke loose, and so did one of the Joes, and we had to evacuate. Our intel also reports that the Joes have decentralized throughout eight American cities in order to be more rapid in their responses. But to us, that just means they've also thinned out their numbers. All right, let's do some highs and lows. So in our first round, Delvin, do you have a high or a low? What are you feeling in round one of highs or lows? First thing that came to my mind when I was reading this book was, okay, this is cool. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I didn't get into it until I saw Cobra Commander. Mm. And when I saw him and I saw him with the hood, I'm like, oh, he looks awesome. Like I was impressed with how he looked and it kind of made the story feel more real to me. So Cobra Commander's a high off that. Nice. I agree. He did look so baller in that drawing when he came yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, like his, his uniform was like a little frumpy, like he'd been in a tractor trailer all day, but he still looked baller. <laughs> <laughs> well, about you? you know what I mean? He pulls up in the semi-trailer. He's like, who does that besides Cobra Commander? Yes. Uh, Very much so. Just Clint Eastwood in the every which way you can movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about your first round, Pat? What do you got? I'm going to piggyback off of what Delvin said when Cobra Commander shows up. I'm wondering, Delvin, did it take you for a surprise at how he treated the people? Yeah, it did a little compared bit. Compared to the the Marvel, you know, that you were used to? Yeah, it was a little bit. I think it's weird reading Cobra Commander in a comic book because in my head, I hear <laughs> the voice of the TV series. Yeah. So it's almost like when you see a Cobra Commander more forceful, it yeah. takes you aback a little bit. <laughs> when his plans kind of semi-work out. <laughs> yeah, when, when he's sensible, it's like, okay, I'm not used to this, but I like it. <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to have that voice more in my head as I'm reading these now. 
all the things that he says. <laughs> that Chris Lotta voice. Remember yeah. we were talking yes. about Chris, yeah. Chris Lotta last episode or two episodes ago? I think it was yeah. last episode. Last episode. Yeah. You know, like Delvin said, when Commander shows up here, you know what's going to happen. He tries to get some information out of Mutt, and he just smacks him. He's like, whack. I was like, whoa. Usually he's got people that do that for him. Yeah. He's more hands-on, and I, I liked it. Yeah. And then the other guy, one of his own guys, boom, he, he takes that guy out. All right, who's next? You just got... <laughs> you just got promoted. <laughs> you just got promoted. You just got promoted. I can't do it. Uh, that's, your, that's your Cobra Commander? That's no, better than yeah, mine. it's not good. You know, I like this aspect of it because it made Cobra Commander seem like a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was intimidating. This is the cool thing about comics as opposed to cartoons, because cartoons... You can only do so much. And when you're reading the comic book, especially like, what is this, what is it, 2003, something like that, this is a different time than it was in the 80s when the G.I. Joe series came out. Whereas you kind of can play certain elements of a series and certain elements you have to kind of play like, it's a cartoon for kids. So reading this, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Hmm. This is pretty awesome seeing why people fear Cobra Commander, which I felt like we didn't get enough of in the cartoons. Because you'd always get like, I'm trying to take over the world with this weird real estate scheme. (laughs) (laughs) But I always love in cartoons and comic books when they show you why you should fear the person. Yeah. 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 Good point. I think you put it in a great way there of watching it as a kid. And when you think about it as we're older guys, and so as we were younger reading the Marvel version of it, which was a little, I want to say, kind of watered down, differenter than the cartoon. So you got more story going on in the comic books, but still at a kind of safe level. Now that we're older adults and we've been in life for a longer time, this becomes a little more adulty G.I. Joe for me. And I like it. I get a little more gritty. My Joes have grown up. And they have. And I like it. What's wrong with that? Yeah. I always like when G.I. Joe feels like a war situation. Like, okay, this is a little serious and we mm-hmm. should take it serious. Like I said, usually when you see somebody getting smacked around by a Cobra superior, it's usually either Serpentor or Destro. So when you mm-hmm. see Cobra Commander, like, okay, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Right? Jared, what's your thoughts? I'm going to go with a high in my round one. I liked Bazooka's Escape. You know, he's oftentimes, especially in the aforementioned cartoon, shown as sort of the bumbling. Yeah. It doesn't quite have it all together, but he was sharp, man. He, you know, he, I don't know if he was faking being knocked out or if he just kind of woke up, but, you know, he got the ropes off, pulled down the fan, cut the ropes, took out the Viper, blew the other guys up with using the Viper's own grenades on. Yeah, that was cool. Back. I didn't I expect like, that. That was very cool. And I was like, Bazooka, all right. So I'm giving a high to Bazooka. He's never been. One of my favorite Joes, you know, I've always been suspect of a soldier who wears a football jersey, but, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) He done good, and it was exciting to watch. The way it was laid out panel to panel in the art and everything was an exciting moment. I think you bring a bumbling part of it. That does happen here. Mm -hmm. But he goes, it's not my fault. Yeah, that one wasn't me. (laughs) That one wasn't me. (laughs) When the bazooka goes off again and... Bazooka's going off everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Not enough bazookas in this episode, I'll tell you what. Which brings us back to uh, Delvin Cox, old eyes. What do you got in round two? You got a high, low? I got a low. Wah, wah. It's not a big low, but I did notice some of the art was inconsistent a little bit with it, especially like in the earlier panels. Where I'm like, ah, okay. Which it didn't take away from the issue, but 
I'm like, okay, like, like the first, I think the first guy they showed in the beginning of the book, I'm like, he looks a little off. I don't know if it was just me or it was just Would, like, yeah, I think this is, is this Brandon Bado's first or did he split it last issue? Regardless, we've been talking about a lot on, on this uh, podcast that it's clear to us that Blaylock is really trying to make deadlines and they've been having like half pencilers on books and other half pencilers and double anchors and anything they can do to make their deadlines. And I think this was Bado's first completely solo book, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, it's clear they're trying to make up time on deadlines. So he was probably a little rushed. Yeah. Some of the characters look amazing. If someone looked like they were a little rushed, some of the background looked a little rushed, but I still enjoyed it. It didn't take away from it at all. That's just me kind of nitpicking. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But you, Pat? You going to nitpick or you going to gush some more? Well, I'm going to gush about the coloring on this one. I, For all that's going on, the effects of the blasts, the fire, the action, I really liked it. I liked the layouts in it, like you said, Jarrett, how the action was kind of laid out panel by panel there really helped. And just the coloring, it set the mood for what you were reading and seeing. Yeah, hi-fi color design, they've been with us since, I think, issue one, and they Mm -hmm. have never let us down. No, definitely. I agree with that because, I said earlier, how image comics pop when you put that right coloring on them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is the same. Like, the coloring is on point for this, and it looks great. Definitely concur. Jared? I guess I'll end mine up with a, uh, I guess it's a low, and this has happened a couple times now in the series, Pat. It feels like the ending gets a little rushed. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little confused. Yeah. The yeah. ending, like these people move in and this kid goes in the attic and there's a Cobra shrine. And I'm like, well, this is a Cobra town. So I guess there'd be a Cobra shrine. Like, what's the point? Is the family that's moving in Cobra? I don't get it. Were they? I just don't yeah. get the ending. I didn't get it at all either because it's what, like two weeks later, it says. Yeah. Like, they're like doing cleanup later. and the town's kind of been evacuated. And it's like this kid finds this shrine. And I'm like, well. I would expect it to be there. It was a Cobra town. So there's like, mm-hmm. it's not too shocking or I don't know. I just, it fell flat with me. I didn't quite get it. They mentioned how quickly it got kind of cleaned up because commander said, you know, make sure you clean this up and we got to kind of get rid of the town or get out of this town now because we've been, we can't dupe anybody anymore. <laughs> what did you get from the end, DC? Yeah, I agree with you guys. It was kind of a little confusing and stuff like that. They also had questions like, how does one move into a Cobra town? Is this something that, like you just look Step up one, one you join Cobra. Like, this is something that you can look at a newspaper and make a mistake and like, oh, I didn't know this was a, one of these type of towns. You know, that's exactly what happened to Alpine. Remember? That's how yeah. he they ended yeah. up here. Alpine got a job at a company that he didn't even know was a Cobra front, and he's living in a Cobra town. And he has his buddies come into town. They go to the bar, and, well, you saw what happened. Yeah. Poor Alpine, man. He just wanted to start a new life, you know? And so, I just want to know how Cobra does their recruiting. I mean, is there a monster.com forward slash Cobra? Or yeah. like, how do you get a job there? <laughs> I guarantee in front of the Cobra Recruitment Center, they have one of those Cobra Commander pictures looking like Uncle Sam pointing at you. Yeah, yep. I want you for Cobra. <laughs> you know, and then guys like Major Blood are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I could do it. Yeah, I could do that. Tell Max Zaymont they're on board. You know, do yeah. I get a townhouse or is, yeah. do I get a little condo? How's it work? Yeah. Do I have to pay for it? Or <laughs> Does it come out of my salary? Is it provided? You know, a lot of questions. <laughs> what are oh. y'all benefits like? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 
Do I get health care here? Or, you know, a lot of Cobra guys get shot. <laughs> what's, the, what's the dental like? I mean, if I'm going to get hit in the face or. Is Dr. Mindbender my only option? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Can I All go right. out of network? <laughs> Enough of these shenanigans. Does anybody else have any burning highs or lows before we move on? Well, let's go ahead and talk. I know DC didn't get a. This is his first issue of this. So. This being a part two of two. So, Jared, for you, how do you think the whole overall story? For me, I thought it was fine. I feel like it's a bit of a wheel spinner mm-hmm. while Blaylock is cooking something up in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm cheating a little bit because we have chatted with him. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Offline. And he said he was interested in coming for next issue. So yeah, hopefully we'll work that years. schedule out. Which definitely means that our suspicions that he was spinning his wheels to get to something bigger <laughs> were probably accurate. He probably just said, hey, I got this fun little story idea. Kind of a nod to old Springfield. We talked about that last episode. Yep. Nod to the old Marvel Springfield. Have a little fun with it. Get in and out in two issues. Not terribly consequential. Although he did squeeze in some overall consequential things. They referenced the Bat storyline, the Malfunction storyline from mm-hmm. before. Yep. And they talked about how they're decentralizing the Joes. That's one point that I want to bring up, too. What did you guys think of that? How they are kind of spreading the Joes out. You know, they're going to have the main pit's going to be Arizona, they said. But then they're going to kind of spread it out. So just in case a Joe is needed anywhere, they will be there in less than an hour or maybe two hours. All depends. I think it's a cool concept. It made me want to read more to see how far they go with it. Yeah, these are like shadow teams that are out there. Yeah, I wonder, like, is this going to be a thing where we have the West Coast Avengers? Yeah, yeah. And things like that, and how far it's going to go. Are we going to have fun team-ups because of this? It made it interesting to me. And, and honestly, it makes sense. Like, if you have Cobra everywhere, you should probably want to have G.I. Joe everywhere. Plus, I would think G.I. Joe would just deal with more than just Cobra. In terms of, like, terrorism, it doesn't just start and end with Cobra. Cobra doesn't have the yeah. market share on it. So it would make sense. Military-wise, they have Joes everywhere. And when they're off-duty, they'd be, hey, there's a Taylor Swift concert. We need some security. Come on over there. <laughs> in, in their Cobra housing. <laughs> they don't know about it. That's right. Let's go to the bar in New Delhi. Let's yeah. see how that works. Well, Delhi I didn't Hill. know it's a Cobra. Cold uh, Slither's play, then. Let's go. We need some security <laughs> for them. Well, I tell you what, since this is old eyes, Delvin Cox's first dip into this run, I will tell you a theme that we've seen over and over on the show is people who take their first dip into the run or re-dip into it after a long time often say, wow, this is pretty good, and uh, it might be worth your time and effort. The back issues aren't terribly expensive or hard to find. As you may know, Delvin, and if you didn't, I'm about to tell you, they did the Marvel run, and then this run came out, and then they picked up the old Marvel run with IDW. So they closed that loop, and now this whole run this whole 2000 to like 2005, 2006, whatever it was, it's not in canon anymore. It's like they closed it off. And oh, they, and I they noticed. I like noticed. This. I noticed very much so because <laughs> looking for this book on Comicology made it like this whole run did not exist. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Well, I tell you what, I ordered complete runs of it off of eBay and they're very, very affordable. And people who kind of glossed over it or poo-pooed it. Oh, it's not the Hama run. It's that weird run that they did an image. 
But we know, Pat, I think we're batting a thousand right now of people who have oh, given yeah. it a shot and we're like, oh my gosh, this is actually really good. Because it is. It's really it is. solid. My friend, Ray Sicanis, from the one that's had the podcast, I told him I was going to be on this show and I showed him the book. He said, oh, that's a good run. Oh, okay, and he yeah. knows the deal. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, yeah, you're going to enjoy that. I said, oh, okay, thank you. I know yeah, what to look good. out for. Good, good. You got anything else, Christados, or you want to go do the combat readiness? I think I am ready for combat readiness. I will, so I'm officially handing it back to you for the IG's report of the combat readiness of this issue. All right, and for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story on the same 1 to 10 flag points scale we used earlier. Delvin, old eyes. I'm going to say, this is hard. It is. Because I want to say 8 but I want to say seven too. But I want to say seven because I didn't read the issue before this. Okay. But I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with eight because on its own, I think this issue stands out. Were you able to get the kind of gist of what was happening? Yeah, or, uh, I got, I got, I got the gist of it. I think it took me a little time to like, understand what was going on. Like, okay, the Joes are captured. Why are they captured? Oh, this is the Cobra town. But once I got into that, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Now, this is pretty cool. I like the fact that, like I said, Cobra Commander. Super cool, bazooka, competent, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed the story. All right, Jared, one to ten. I-, I can't believe we went through all that and never brought up that Big Boa showed up. So that was kind of cool. But yeah. anyway, well, you know, <laughs> anyway, like, yeah. was that a character I, I like, people liked or? I liked Big Boa. I, I, well, remember I'm an action figures guy, yeah. so he was really unique. We'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> There's more to come, I promise. <laughs> Anyways, to score this, I can't remember what I scored last issue. I think I was around a seven. I'm going to bump it up and meet DC at the eight because this just had really frenetic action. I like the escape scene, Bazooka's mm-hmm. escape scene, Cobra Commander being tough guy. And I really liked when Alpine and Mutt and Rock and Roll realized that the order was given to terminate them. And it was like, now, now we're never, they're going to kill us. And they fought literally tooth and nail. Like they bit people <laughs> and like they went and all they, out. And they were worn too. That's right. They went all out to escape. And I, I love that. I love that. Hey, you know, it's do or die. And they went full G.I. Joe and it just totally won me over to an eight. So I'm with DC at the eight. What about you, Pat? You going to drag us down? You look um, like you're going to drag us down. You got that look in your eye. You know, again, this one was kind of I'm hemming and on seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, eight. Join I'm us, go- Pat. I'm OK. Join, Join us. Join us. What? Is that you, Ben? No, it's Cobra Commander. We got a dental plan. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, can I put my 401k into a 401b? <laughs> Get monthly right? access to uh, Baroness's OnlyFans page. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm moving. I'm in and on an eight. I'm in on an eight then. Right there. Take my money. Take my flag points. Take them all. <laughs> so we're all eights. We talked you into it. All eights. Yeah, crazy eights. Let's do it. Woo. I like it. All right. Well, now that we have the flag points out of the way, let's go ahead and find out who or what we're going to award either the Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry or sneaky snakiness in action. This is where we each get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the Call of Duty. I like the last episode where you called it Sneaky Snakeitude. <laughs> sneaky Snakeitude. <laughs> What's well, not in the script? We have to put that in there. Delvin, 
Who do you have? Uh, you got a sneaky snakeitude, or do you have a silver star medal? I'm going with a sneaky snakeitude, and I'm going to say Cobra Commander. Oh, you it's, stole mine. Because his pimp hand was strong. <laughs> it was. He used it. <laughs> he used it. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, you stole mine too. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, it, he just showed up. Boom, boom, boom. Did the what hood, he needed to do, and then the he left. looked amazing. I'm like, yep. oh, he, he looked great. Jared did look good. I was like, it's eh, considering joining there for a while, but I ended up going with a silver star, and I can't believe I say this because I've never been a big bazooka fan. But man, he was competent when he needed to be. Great escape, helped the others escape, blew up a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Bazooka, man, I was impressed. And that was a big buildup from early issues where yeah. they showed Bazooka as just really, you know, hey, he let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> from that to you guys' Sneaky Snake, Silver Snake Award, because Cobra Commander was so threatening, like it was, it felt threatened. It didn't feel like, like DC said, it didn't feel like Cobra Commander from the cartoon where you knew he was going to end up with his pants pulled down or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I found it interesting, too. You know, how many Joes have actually gotten face-to-face with Cobra Commander? You know, and here he shows up face-to-face with them in the comics. You know, some of the lower, I want to say lower Joes, but you know what I mean. The, you know, are, do Lesser you think it's like a star? Joke. Yeah. Do you think it's like a star moment? Hey, we got to meet Cobra Commander. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Like, I would think that everybody doesn't get to see Cobra Commander or face off against Cobra Commander, so... Yeah, and and live to tell about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. You know? Yeah, we did this. I blew up his freaking tractor trailer. <laughs> I blew up his trailer. I blew up his farm. <laughs> Blowed up. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to Jared with his segment of Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Thank you, Pat. In this segment, I'll take something or someone featured from this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I have selected Big Boa. His file name is unknown. He is the Cobra trainer. His birthplace is unknown. His primary specialty is training. His secondary specialty is more training. And here's his figure description. He had a tan helmet with red visor-like eyes. He was shirtless, much like DJ Cristados. He had red bandoliers with spikes on it. A red belt, blue pants, black boots with red trim. Styling and profiling. The accessories that he came with. Big Boa came with a silver mouthpiece, two red flex steel mesh boxing gloves with white Cobra logos on them, a brown punching bag, and a black stand for said punching bag. As of this recording, which is November of 2020, we only have two versions of Big Boa. His first one was released in Series 6 of 1987 and was discontinued in 1989. The second one came out in 2013. Here's a little interesting trivia for you about Big Boa. He was originally developed to be the nemesis for Rocky Balboa. For those of you who are deep into G.I. Joe lore, you'll know that Sylvester Stallone's character Rocky Balboa from the boxing movies, was actually slated to become a G.I. Joe character. He actually appeared in one of the comic books, one of the Battle Files comics, I do believe. Unfortunately, the licensing deal did fall through. Many suspect it's because Rambo got his own cartoon, and Uh people thought, well, that might be too confusing to have Rocky and Rambo. That's just speculation, but the deal did fall through, so the Rocky Balboa figure never did get made, but his nemesis, Big Boa, did get made for Cobra in the G.I. Joe line. So that 
is oh, your background on Big Boa. Did anybody here have Big Boa? No. I, I will what? say this. In the comic, he looks cool. The figure itself, not so much. Ah, I loved the figure. You're breaking <laughs> my heart. He did look cooler in the comic, though, I will say. Yeah. That. In the figure, he's kind of like, looks like a... <laughs> some space balls. What's this called? Dark helmet. Dark helmet. Yeah, the big helmet. Yeah, the, the helmet is really body. sci-fi looking. Yeah, I always thought he looked like a cross between like that and like Mad Max character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost like he belonged with the Dreadnoughts. Yeah, yeah that but, makes sense. Yeah, I always like. I, I had a soft spot in my heart for the really unique looking figures and i guess looking stupid is looking unique so (laughs) (laughs) i liked big bow i still have him but i think my big bow is currently doing the michael jackson thing i think i only have one glove i think i'm missing missing the other one oh that could have turned out a whole different story (laughs) yeah let's just move on (laughs) (laughs) what Oh my goodness, we'll hand it back to Pat before this turns into some kind of a thriller. Yeah. All right, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. Call it, G.I. Joe. Go get Breaker. He can do it. As always, we will start off Combat Comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from Jarrett's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special Longbox Crusade episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow. Ow. Anthony at tfu.info. Auburn Elvis. Bill Bear. Blast it or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. David Collins. Battle Wagon. The Duchess. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Poyo. Josh Strickland. Slackers. Mysterious Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Mainly. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And one-time donor, Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? I'm specifically asking for Jason. Oh, well, Jared, I'm not so glad that you asked them. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, Jason, he can't. Well, shh, don't tell him. Okay. What, about, what if I'm not Jason, though? Oh, well, then I am glad you asked, Jared. If you're not Jason, it's simple. You just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. 
For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusader Club. Come and check it out. Now let's see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's ComSat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. Excellent, excellent. We've got some feedback and it is going to be from two episodes ago where we were talking issue 13, Malfunction, part four of four. Pat, why don't you just grab any comment that feels good to you? All right. I will start us off with Green Lantern HG, and he says, And holy cow, 70 versions of Snake Eyes? Whew, that was a lot. I Boy, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. 70. <laughs> 70. He says, I couldn't even get one. One more thing. Should I give Aunt D. Ray... A trophy for sneaking in and tickling Pat. <laughs> He's doing it again. <laughs> and even though technically he wasn't there, <laughs> he's still here. <laughs> he's always here. He's the snake eyes of our podcast. Thank you, GLHG. We always appreciate that. DC, pull out any of these comments you like. I'm pulling the easiest one that I see because I love it and I want to say it. From Courtney Holland. Yo, Joe! Yo! Oh, he took the one I wanted. (laughs) Well, then I will take one from Weasel Skull, our friend and and fellow podcaster here on the network, who I don't know why he's not interested in doing the G.I. Joe show, but he just doesn't really show interest in it. Weasel Skull, all you got to do is become a Crusaders Club member (laughs) and you can get on the show. He's dying inside right now. He simply said that cover, and it's that Firefly cover by Benitez, and he did the chef's kiss. Mwah! And that cover was, oh, I don't know how long it's going to be before we find one that good. I think that was our last 10, like 10s all around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that so was I don't know how long cover. it's going to be before we find another one. I will take another one from Michael Wagner, and he gives us his top five. All um, right, let's see. What does he got? What's he got? He's What's got, uh, I don't know if it's number one or which anyway, but he says Storm Shadow. Good. Beachhead. Very good. You like that one? Chuckles. Not I like bad. me some Chuckles, you know. Chuckles. You're thinking of the candy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's so chewy and, mm, man. And Tunnel Rat. Mm. And Old Eye's favorite himself, Flint. He didn't pick Flint. He picked Duke and Falcon. <laughs> oh, Falcon. I'm sorry. I like Flint, too, though. So Flint is acceptable. Yeah. Falcon, Flint, you know. <laughs> Finkel, Iron, Finkel, uh, Iron. Flint made a small appearance at the end of this issue. Well, I appreciate Michael sharing his top five with us. Tell you what, DC, go ahead and take that last comment and we'll move on. From Angelica Fetty Wolf, great episode, guys, with a smiley face, hashtag G.I. Joe DVD nuts. <laughs> it's always funnier when she does it. Uh, I'm sorry she didn't win, man. GLH, she snaked her. He sneaky snake tooted her, man. Mm. But we've got the next giveaway coming up on the next episode. So that we do. Eh, don't count her out. Don't count her out. Well, we really appreciate everybody who sends in the comments to the show. We do love it. And that will bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Christados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Lombox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. All right. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you passed it back and asked. 
You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Look for me in all those fine places. And also look for me at your local Captain D's. Captain D's nuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with that, let's get the most important one. Where can we find you, Delvin Cox? Please pimp out your shows and tell us where people can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Check out Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. And check out the PlayStation Experience anywhere you get podcasts as well. And if you want to make it a simple place, just go to DelvinCoxExperience.com. You can find all the stuff there. Nice. And if you want to interact with us with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff. Join us on the next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel. Click the bell so you get reminder notifications of when we go live. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We'll see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue number 16, The Family. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, yo, yo! Man, DC had the enthusiasm. Yes, keep bringing it. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. <laughs>